0: Your anxiety is not trying to limit you. It's trying to free you from a life that is no longer aligned. And I recognized my anxious tendencies and these panic attacks that I was going through. I was out of balance with self. I needed to get to this next level of my teaching. I was playing it pretty safe. Welcome back. This is a conversation
1: with my mentor, Shannon Kaiser. If you look through the episodes, you'll see that I have spoken with Shannon multiple times on the podcast, and that is because she has been such a vital part of my own journey and unfolding in this space. We have another really great conversation here, and you'll hear some of my reflections on Shannon's evolution. We're talking about her new book called Return to You. You'll Feel My Sentiments. This one rocks. It's the next level of Shannon Kaiser. It is out on April 5th, and I encourage you to go and pre-order it or go and grab your copy as soon as you can. We dive into what she is covering in this book a lot more in this conversation, and you'll hear what I really love about Shannon and the way she approaches things is she's deeply practical. As we joke about in this podcast, She's grounded in real and not light, love it, fluff it with crystals. I laugh out loud. The premise of everything we're sharing here is about how we can find that inner sense of peace when we are living in such a chaotic and contentious time. Shannon shares about her panic attacks and anxiety, a lot of which was stirred up by looking outside of herself, And how she used these tools to really come back to her own center. We're also talking about intuition and how we each have different ways that are natural for us to access our inner knowing. We talk about seasons and how it's a useful mechanism to really assess the phase that we're in at the moment. These lessons come from everything that is in this book. Specifically, Shannon talks to eleven spiritual lessons for unshakable and a peace. I do touch on these within the episode, but I think it's powerful to just read them out here, so you can get a framing for this discussion. Her eleven spiritual lessons are: You're in a school called Planet Earth. Your soul has seasons. If you don't go within, you go without. Faith is freedom from fear. Your beliefs create your reality. Everyone is on their own journey. Your purpose is personal expansion. In order to receive, you must release. The universe rewards motion. Nothing real can be threatened. And love is all there is. Enough said, really. Let's just get into the conversation. Welcome to Here to Thrive. I'm your host, Kate Snowwise. This is a podcast for people who are ready to step up and live a happier life. It's for those of us who are dedicated to understanding ourselves and getting the best that we can out of this thing called life. It's a mix of psychology and modern spiritual thought, always with a focus on practical advice so that you can take it back and apply it to your own life. I don't believe we're here to merely survive. I truly believe we're here to thrive. So let's get going. Shannon, we were just chatting before we formally started recording and I'm just so excited to have you on the show again. This is always so much fun.
0: Ah, uh, It's so good to be here with you. I love all the work you're doing. So thanks for bringing me on. I
1: have returned to you sitting in my hands, which feels like a huge privilege. And I do want to talk more about this phenomenal book. I've already told you my favorite to date, but for everybody who's listening, who doesn't know who you are, Shannon, how would you explain what you do?
0: Yeah. Well, I've been doing this work for a decade now and this work includes my mission. I feel very connected. It doesn't actually feel like work at all because I'm so aligned to waking up every day and being of service. And what that means is helping people awaken and align to their truest, most authentic self so we can be who we are meant to be in the world. And that looks different for each person, but ultimately for all of us, it's the same as far as activating more love available within us. So whether it's through self-love or seeking joy or finding true inner peace, it comes through in my books, in my coaching, in my speaking and retreats. And I teach basically through my own personal experience and through my own personal experience that I've arrived to even a deeper part of all the work that I've done over the past decade, which is kind of been a combination and combination of everything and led me to what is now returned to you out in the world, the book.
1: For those of you who don't know, Shannon has been on Here to Thrive. I think you're my most frequent guest, Shannon. I love it. I love being here. (laughs) Because I just love talking to you. And for everybody who doesn't know, Shannon has been an essential mentor in my life and with Here to Thrive and my business. And you've been with me, Shannon, since the very start. I can remember I had you as a coach when I was just starting my business.
0: Yeah. And it, I remember we had the conversation of, I think I want to start a podcast. And I think you were just starting the coaching business. And and now to all the work, uh, and that's it, right? It's a testament to, I am honored to work with you, Kate. And it's been, I see you as a friend and you're here living your truth and helping so many people. And that's truly the gift when we come together in what each one of us We're all born with gifts and we're all born with insights and perspectives. And when we activate those and step fully into that, we're able to help more people and we're able to align. And it's not all, I'm not saying everyone's going to be a coach or a podcast host, but that was your path. And that was your true authentic path.
1: It's funny you say that because I feel like I may have confessed to you early on in our coaching days. Like I feel like a writer, Shannon, and I think I was in some way looking for permission. And I I imagine you would say something like this. You were like, don't doubt
0: it. If you feel like you're a writer, you're a writer. Mm, Absolutely. In fact, you wouldn't say, I feel like I'm a writer if you're not a writer. (laughs) And, you know, I have my author mentorship now. And what's so beautiful is this is often what happens where people will come to me or they will show up kind of in the world feeling like there's more. I am made for more. I know there's something, I may not know exactly what that is, but you're right. I have always seen you as a writer. And even when we started working together, I remember you kind of activated that part of you and all of a sudden you were being published in Huffington Post and your blog was getting more hits. And I remember it's just giving ourselves permission to be what we already are.
1: Mm, So true having known you for all these years now, it must be probably seven or so. Shannon, I have seen you evolve as well. Like along with my own evolution, I've had the privilege of being able to watch your evolution. I would love to hear more about your reflections on how you do feel you've evolved
0: over over this last decade. Yeah, I appreciate that. And that's so great when we can evolve together, right? Like I love that we're still here together and showing up and being on this journey together because that's what true evolution is. It's allowing yourself to be who you are in the different phases, if you will. You know, it's interesting because I've been doing this work for, like I said, a decade, but about eight years into the work. So three years ago, I was on a book tour for my book, Joy Seeker, which was my last book that came out. And that was a book about seeking joy through grief and finding joy even when there's pain in the world. And I was on book tour traveling the United States speaking how to activate joy. And interesting enough, I had been doing this work on you know, overcoming depression and being happy and living a fulfilled life for eight solid years. And I really was depression free. But while I was on book tour, I was having these insane panic attacks. I remember coming home from one of the hotel, staying in the hotel at one of the, in one of the cities and I broke out into a cold sweat. I started to hyperventilate and I ran to the bathroom, put splash water on my face and I just fell to the floor. I was just in, like exhausted, but not exhausted from anything more than the fear in my mind that was causing the panic attack. And I realized I was in a full blown anxiety attack. My ego was saying, who do you think you are? It had manifested into a panic attack by saying, how can you possibly be joyful when the world is falling apart? There's so much suffering. My ego was so loud. And here I am, a spiritual teacher, a self-love teacher, if you will. And it got the best of me. And it was saying, this is all going to go away you just wait. Yeah. And it was so loud. So I managed to get myself together, of course, finish the tour. But for several months after several weeks, really, it was debilitating the anxiety. Anybody who goes through anxiety can imagine it really takes over your life. I couldn't finish workouts. I was, it was interrupting my conversations with people. I became very isolated and it wasn't until I was um, actually reaching out to my doctor, I, I was like, I can't do this. I, I have to get help. And I started to dial the phone number. This force field came over me. And it was interesting because it was a very loving presence. It was very benevolent. It was almost like my higher self or angelic feeling, if you will. And it said, Shannon, my dear, it, it didn't say Shannon, my dear, but that's how it felt <laughs> like, oh, my dear, you know, you can't fix an internal spiritual situation with an outside physical solution. And that was a turning point for me. I remember very clearly that was my pivotal moment where I said, wow, I have to learn what this anxiety source is and why it's here. And that led to, of course, all of the work that I do now, which is truly about living in a calm state, even though we live in a chaotic world. And it's turned into the new book, Return to You and my Unshakable Inner Peace card deck. Because real quick, fast forward to four or five months after my anxiety attacks, I had been really diving deep into writing the book, looking at the principles and lessons, and really committing to what is on the other side of anxiety Well, it's peace. And lo and behold, March 2020 happened, and the world really did fall into panic and fear. If we remember back, it was the start of coronavirus kind of hitting the world, and I was scheduled to go on a worldwide speaking tour in different countries for the whole year. I had worked eight years to manifest this whole year-long speaking tour, within days, seconds, minutes, even all of them, all the contracts were canceled or postponed. And my first thought was, this is, everything is going away. I caught myself in the moment, in the moment and said, no, you know how to stay peaceful. You have the tools to move forward. This is not your reality. If you will, you don't have to fall into fear. You can choose peace. And that's led to while I'm here, why I'm here with you today.
1: Oh, I mean, just so much in there. One of the things I have always appreciated about you, Shannon, is use that word ego and that you always show up and lead with your humanness and never try to be some guru or special, you know, person, for lack of a better way to put it. I think the world in itself is getting more authentic But you've always been such an authentic and grounded leader in this space. And I know that's why I have been drawn to you. But just even this story, right, that here you are, a spiritual teacher, a successful author, you're still human too, and you still have challenges to overcome. And like we're talking about next levels of your own evolution, like it's not all Rosie sitting up on a meditation cushion on the top of a hill kind of stuff mm-hmm. it's the hard work of being human.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely and I appreciate that. Thank you so much because you know when I was diagnosed with clinical depression in 2009 I was in a different career before I started doing all this work and um I had my inner voice that said follow your heart and to me following your heart means being true to you and true to me is is allowing myself to be where I am instead of where I think I need to be. So I've led my life, my work, my business, and even, even with each book I write, it's about being so deeply in the process and almost being unapologetic about where we are because what I've learned, especially with this process, you know, so here I am, the question is why anxiety, why now? I've been doing this work for quite a while and this is, you know, before I started writing the book what is this anxiety here for? And it started to become very clear for me that I couldn't have written this book if I didn't experience the extreme contrast. And that led to lesson number one, I take you through lessons, step-by-step process for true inner peace, true intuition development, if you will. And we live in a school called planet earth. And this is kind of a notion inspired by Summer Bacon and Dr. Peebles who are my teachers. But what's interesting is Planet Earth is a school of contrast. And for us to expect it to be a different way is often what causes the most angst, the most anxiety. And for me, I had a moment where my anxiety, it literally said, "Your anxiety is not trying to limit you. It's trying to free you from a life that is no longer aligned." And I recognized my anxious tendencies and these panic attacks that I was going through. I was out of balance with self. I needed to get to this next level of my teaching. I was playing it pretty safe. I was a person who was very spiritual, but I was just kind of scraping the surface, right? I Even with my books, I, I was like, I don't know if I want to mention you God, you know, stuff like that. And I got to a place where I do believe in angels and I use crystals and I'm not a woo-woo person by any means. I don't identify with the goddess energy or any of that. But for me, spirituality is what has saved me in my life. It helped me through my depression. It helped me overcome my panic attacks. And so to give myself permission to put all of that into a book, but also say, no, you can be a spiritual person and live in this world. And it doesn't have to mean that you're woo-woo or like crazy cuckoo over in the corner. You can make it modern.
1: Mm. That's why this book is deep to me. It's because I think you were willing to really express that next level of, of you. And I can recall having conversations with you about how you just didn't have as much soul as I knew you had, Mm -hmm. having worked with you one-on-one as a mentor, I knew you were more spiritual than your initial books, perhaps sort Mm -hmm. of indicated for lack of a better way to put it.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's no mistake that it's called return to you. Uh, We went through a lot of different titles, but I did return to myself in this process because it's available to all of us, the true, the true us. And I appreciate you saying that because by no means is this like a book to how it's, it's to help people wherever they are in their journey, access more peace. And so whether you've already gone through a spiritual awakening or you're just new to spirituality, or maybe you're more religious, like it will meet you where you're at. And I think that's the beautiful part because it's about returning to what is real for you. And I kind of hit the point and I realized my anxiety attacks were happening in part because there was a lot of chaos in the world and I was focusing so much out there on what I can't control. And I recognized that we can't control our outer world. We can only have kind of focus on our inner world. But for me, I was also... You may have even noticed this in my career by no fault or or real plan. It's just kind of how you kind of evolve as an entrepreneur. I was always writing books for myself first, but I was still kind of, is this going to be okay to say, is this really like, I'll tone it down a little bit, but in this book, I just went there. I I went full on and said, this is me. And so I truly believe, and I'm so glad you have an advanced copy, Kate, because you do know me and you've been working with me for several years this book is me. Anybody who sits down next to me or who is in my close inner circle or a friend, it's how I talk. I, I'm gonna be talking about all these layers. And I am a very philosophical person. I like to think about the nuances of the universe, but I also think like to think about actionable solutions. How can we make this world a better place together? And all that's in there.
1: <laughs> it's all in here. And you know, that's why people, if you align with my vibe, you'll align with Shannon's because what I've always loved about Shannon is she, you're not crazy woo
0: woo, but you are Mm -hmm. deeply spiritual, but you're super, super practical. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm not one to be a spiritual bypass or just like, oh, light and love it or fluff it with your crystals. It's none of that, <laughs> you know, <What? laughs> light and love it or fluff it with your crystals. They're, yeah. Oh, highlight of it. Yeah. was great. There we go. Let's just pull. That's the name of this podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I definitely, I, I like to be grounded in what is real and you know, what is real is different for each of us as we go through different layers of our life. You know, and I realized this too in the journey, when we're talking about peace and the opposite, we're living in this kind of chaotic time on earth. What has helped me is recognizing that everyone is on their own journey. You know, it's funny because I, I love to travel. As you know, I'm a world traveler. And um, there was a time when I was in Bali and I was doing what's called a, a static dance. If you, if you, it's a what fun activity, a, what is a static dance? <laughs> it's the best thing on the planet. <laughs> it's uh, literally the DJ will play music and you just move your body, like you okay. just move your body, and there's no rules. But what's really special is when I did it for the first time. I was in Bali and there was like over a hundred people in this big studio. And I saw everyone doing different dance moves. There was break dancers, there were yoga poses. And I was kind of one that was like giving it my all, you know, doing my dances. And then I'd get out of breath and I'd have to, and that's kind of me, an all or nothing person, right? So I'm sharing this because I had a moment when I was sitting out kind of on the sidelines, watching everybody rocking around to this music. And it was, I tend to see the world in metaphors, talking metaphors a lot. And for me, this was a metaphor I saw everyone were all collectively together in this experience, yet each and every single person was doing their own, if you will, dance move. They were interpreting the music in a different way. And it was almost like I had this kind of bird's eye view that we are all here on earth interpreting earth slightly in a different way through our own perspectives and our souls all have lessons that we're going through but we're working together collectively yet individually within the collective and so that actually helped me because a lot of my anxiety was like other people aren't being nice and there's a lot of contention people are fighting on social media family isn't talking to each other you know all that but I started to see that everyone's doing the best they can with where they are based on what they are learning, what their soul has signed up to learn.
1: Building on everything you're saying here, I feel like I'm just going to read out the chapter titles of your new book, Return to uh, You. Yeah, I because Because as soon as I opened this book, I think I literally, I flicked to the contents page and I'm like, one, this book is different to all of Shannon's other books. And Um, two, I'm already in love. So I'm just going to read the lessons because you cover 11 spiritual lessons for unshakable inner peace. So lesson one, you are in a school called planet earth. Lesson two, your soul has seasons. Lesson three if you don't go within, you will go without. Lesson four, faith is freedom from fear. Lesson five, your beliefs create your reality. Lesson six, everyone is on their own journey. Lesson seven, your purpose is personal expansion. Lesson eight, in order to receive, you must release. Lesson nine, the universe rewards motion. Lesson 10, nothing real can be threatened. And lesson 11, love is all there is.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: when I read those, I was like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. It was just a huge sigh of relief yeah. because Life is so complex and life is so messy. And anyone who tries to, like you said, bypass that spiritually and make it seem that that isn't the case is one, feeding you a crock of shit. But two, these feel like the things that we can ground ourselves into. And so when you say these are some elements that can help you find inner peace just reading the titles brings
0: me peace, Shannon. Yeah, Thank you. And I feel that too. And, you know, they're designed as lessons because I truly believe we are here in a school and we're going through lessons. But as I share in the book as well, and through the process, if we're feeling anxious or overwhelmed with life, just repeating these in the form of a mantra can help usher in more peace, such as faith is freedom from fear I align to my faith the universe rewards motion I designed it that way uh, very specifically but it's the book that has to it's, it's out obviously now but it's the book that I had to write because it is all of the teaching all the teaching that I've been so blessed to be able to teach but also inspired by my teachers you know and I, I dedicate the book too even to all my teachers mentors and guides like the ones that are known and unknown unseen past, present, and future, because this is a combination of universal life truths, universal wisdom that is unshakable, like truth is truth. And it's also a combination of my signature teaching and spiritual wisdom and of the wise sages and ages. So it's almost like a guidebook, if you will, on how to exist in this world that is so crazy, how to really operate from your true center. I often call it the innate, the innate self or the innate wisdom within coming back to a point you just made there, I was at a writer's
1: conference way back in the day and one of the CEOs of a big publishing company, I I recall one thing that he said and it landed with me and just never left me. And he said that people know when they are reading truth, people can feel truth. And when I read this content page, I was like, it is truth. And I wholeheartedly have stuck with that. I believe that people can feel truth
0: in the written word. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about being a writer. and in aligning to your true self, you're sharing the truth and and I do believe, as you've seen with this book, there are things that are non-negotiable when we're talking about moving forward in life and aligning to what is real. We're living in a time that is a lot. And I like that you started by saying, you know, a lot, a lot of people are opening up to more authenticity, but we're also seeing a lot of like false light, if you will. Yeah. People, not even just people, but it's a time where we're starting to see the illusions more clearly, the people who are operating from what is ego or really grounded in the love that is available to them by, by no fault, right? Everyone is on their own journey. Um, but what we're seeing at the core, and I love that this book is coming out now because it's a process to help us through this time, this contentious time. And, and what we can align back down to is that truly love is all there is. And that's why lesson number 11, 11 is a master number. You know, we originally had 12 chapters. This is secret, secret info.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Like <laughs> give, it, give it to us all, please, yes, Shannon. You are the, the first to
0: share. Like, I don't even think my mom knows this, but we had a whole nother chapter. But as we were going through the edits, we realized like it has to be 11 chapters, 11 lessons, if you will. Number one, 11 is a master spiritual lesson number. Like it's the most high vibe. It's a master number. So as you read this book, you become a master in your own life of navigating change of awakening to your true potential and power and the love that is available but also 11 is my lucky number (laughs) it's my favorite number i was born on march 11th so it's just i was like you know it's got to be 11 and the final lesson is love is all there is anything that is not loving is coming from a place of wanting to receive love a lot of times we Mm. act out in relationships or we act out in the world. And we're seeing a lot of people acting out because they are desperate for love. So what we can do is show up with more love. And this is not airy fairy by any means. This is grounded in this is why we are here. And that's why I start the book out with, we are entering into a time of what's called the age of Aquarius. I call it the age of intuition. Now more than ever, we are being asked to step fully into what is available to us, which is we can operate from fear. Uh, which is kind of a heavy energy, or we can operate from love, which is our truth. And that's really what the process for all of us is. The, the question is, Lee Carroll says, whatever the question is, the answer is always more love.
1: Oh, it's so powerful. I would love to hear more about the age of Aquarius, Shannon, and your thoughts on that because, <laughs> and I'm sure you felt this too, around, um, around the changing of the Mayan calendar, which was 2012. I, I've just always felt like there is a reason I am in my body at this time. And I am fascinated that the world seems to get ever more chaotic every day, but what can the age of Aquarius as a lens bring to our understanding of what's happening on the collective at the moment, Shannon, can you
0: share some thoughts? Absolutely. I love that you're recognizing in 2012, there might've been a shift because that was kind of the turning point at the start of, of kind of where the new earth, if you will. And I want to say the new earth, uh, earth itself, Gaia, the energy of earth is shifting. And we can look just to the history to see that every, I don't know the exact number thousands of years or X 800 years, whatever it is, it will shift and evolve. And there's always this kind of I'm going to call it consciousness rising because that's what's happening where we're actually raising in the human race. Our consciousness is rising, but that's why I call it a lot of times. It's like consciousness, collective consciousness. I'm not sure what that is. Really it's intuition. And I, that's why I call it the age of intuition because you are here, Kate, at this time. I know this, I know you and everyone listening, you are here. At this time, you would not be listening to this podcast. You are here at this time for a reason. And like attracts like. And so we are attracting people who are ready to operate with more love, more compassion, and want to live in a better world. Not everyone out there wants that. And so what's happening as we're starting to go deeper into, I call it the new earth. I'm not the only one who calls it. There's a lot of people in the spiritual community. It's this idea of operating where we are all coming from more compassion and love and it's written in the stars. It's really one of those things where humanity is here at a very time specific time and place. Whether you want to call us light workers, star seeds, there's lots of different names for it, but I like to say let's get in touch with your intuition. And that's the best way forward. And a lot of people will come to me and they'll ask like Well, how do I know if my intuition's talking to me? You know, we've even had conversations, Kate, right? Mm -hmm. About this. And uh, one of the things I think is most important is to just, and there's a quiz. Of course, you could go to my website, play with the world, or in the book, I talk about there's a whole chapter. If you don't go within, you go without. Well, if we want to navigate this time, we can navigate it by going inward because the world, as she said, is getting more crazy, chaotic. But our inner world, the more we kind of clean up and focus and zen out that inner space the more we can um, help balance the world. So a question I like to offer to people if to get in touch with your intuition is just think about when you see a movie, like, okay, what's the last movie maybe you watched and think about what you remember most. And if you're gonna share it with someone, what do you share? Do you share maybe the c- cinematography or the scenery, like how it looked, maybe the costumes, if you will, and you kind of share that with someone or maybe it's the soundtrack that's me for sure. I have a digital library that is full of soundtracks. I love, like I will walk out of a theater thinking, God, that music was so good. And you know, some people like to think how it made them feel. And another one is maybe the storyline or the characters, the acting you think about the story itself. So these are signature kind of influences and let me go deeper. If you really relate and think about a movie, this is, of course, a deeper process you can go through in the book. But if you relate to perhaps the cinematography and the visual effects, your intuition style is clairvoyant, which is often clear seeing. It means that you see images in your eyes, in your inner minds, maybe mini stories play out. That's your intuition talking to you. If you hear the soundtrack, it's Claire Audience, which is you hear things, and that's why in all my pivotal moments, I would hear, you know, like you can't fix an internal spiritual situation with an outside physical solution, you know, that kind of thing. It's a voice, but then there's also how it made you feel, It goes a little deeper, and that's clairsentience. Sentience. You you're a feeler, and your intuition talks to you through feeling, and then of course there's the Claire knowing, the clear knowing. It's Claire Cognizant. These are intuition styles that work with us. And that's in my book, of course, um, if you don't go within, you go without it's uh, a quiz I take you through, I think on page 53 or 54. So that's always a fun way to start getting in touch with our inner world more deeply.
1: I, um, I'm just flicking to the pages. It starts on page 50 and, or if, if this, I do have the uncorrected proof. So maybe things will have changed. Uh, but when I got to this, I was like, This is why I love Shannon, because she's so practical. She's not actually just talking about these things out here. Now she's given us a quiz and a model. (laughs) And it's Um, like, boom, 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 right? (laughs) Yeah, I love it. And Mm. I'm definitely, when I look at these elements, and I know you agree with this, that every human has a stronger sort of clear or like sense, a clear sense. One of these other six senses, that's part of our humanity. And it's not like we don't have the capability to, to feel our way into a lot of, a lot of the tough stuff in life, right? Our intuition.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, what's interesting is we are being asked if you will on a collective level to really start to trust our intuition more Because there is a lot of chaos going on out in the world. There's a lot of misinformation. There's a lot of people that are saying, look at me, believe me, go over here, do this, whether it's in your own community or out in the world or in other countries. There's so much that is pulling at us. The true, true, true way forward and how we can really be the most empowered. And this is how I was able to really access that kind of unshakable inner peace is by knowing your inner world is your truth and it's guiding you forward now this is not to say that your inner truth will shift i think it's important to recognize that we have to maybe we don't have to do anything but the whole idea of committing to unlearning just as much as you're learning. So I believe that I've been successful in my career and I I get to do what I love every day. doesn't feel like I work at all with my coaching and books is because I've committed to being a student of life. I've committed to not being attached to any belief or outcome, but being open to growing even more deeply into what is real. And that's what's led me to truth in this book, you know?
1: Oh, I totally know. And I'm with you there, Shannon. I say the longer I do this work, the more I know, the more I realize I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) My aim to constantly be a student of life. Uh, Yeah. When I went through your little quiz, I'm definitely... It was just nice to see the elements sort of laid out. And when I was reading the descriptions as well, I'm also definitely clear audience, but also clear cognizant, which I hadn't actually heard of before, which is just, which is just clear knowing. And as you say here, it's often really hard to explain as an intuitive style because I can just, I just know things. And yeah. to be honest, it helps me dramatically in my work because I can see patterns and, uh, recognize things very quickly, but I can't often explain why.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, this is I'm like, no wonder we're like such soul sisters. These are my two dominant intuition states too. And interesting enough with the kind of the clear knowing it's the one that is the most dismissed because it doesn't, it's not like you're hearing this almighty voice or you're not seeing pictures. It's a knowing, as you said, but you know, signs that you might be clear cognizant is you spend time thinking a lot or writing a lot. Maybe you look at new ideas with a skeptical and analytical mindset. You have a lot of creative ideas. Perhaps you frequently have deja vu. You always know when someone's lying, you know? So I go deeper, of course, with each with each intuition style, but I would imagine all those relate to you as well. They totally,
1: totally do. And I can't see pictures in my head, no matter how hard I try. So mm. all of you people out there who can like envision something, you know, <laughs> I get, I get like Shannon said, I get like a, a just a, a voice in my head <laughs> that is not my own, um, yeah. which sounds probably wacky. But uh, as I was sort of saying, checking in with myself around some big decisions recently and, and I just had a, a when I really do sort of get calm and peaceful I I get I get
0: words <laughs> Yes, there you go. Another way you can look at it too. And I love, as you're saying that I'm thinking of a conversation I had with a, a family member recently. And when you communicate with someone to let them know, you understand how do you respond? This is also another way of understanding your intuition style, because this person kept saying, I see what you mean. Like I'm seeing it. i I I'm seeing that. And uh, I often say, I hear you or, <laughs> I or I'm like, I know what you mean, you know? And so this is a indicator of our intuition style. <laughs> so I love it. Cause I say, I'm just cracking up. Cause I say like, I hear you. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So it's fun because it does help you, you know, it's just human psychology, but it's also, these are our truths. You, these are just kind of these, these governing principles, if you will, of helping us reconnect to what is real, our, our own intuition will never lead us astray. The intuition is your heart. It comes from a place of love, and the ego is really the fear based the one that's trying to protect you and so you want to just kind of understand that we exist with both and i think that's that's what unshakeable this whole book is about living in peace it's not about being peaceful all the time like that's not at all what i'm is impossible we're human but it's about understanding that you can access peace at any time and that's when you are listening to your intuition and trusting the the benevolent energy and love that is available around us and within us
1: one of the early chapters, I think it's lesson number two was your soul has seasons. And I just, I love that metaphor. And every time I hear it again, I don't know, it just really lands with me. And you obviously have known me for many years and have seen me, uh, go through some changes and some upheavals and challenges and all of that. And when I read this, I was like, "Oh, Shannon, I'm in spring. <laughs> yes. <laughs> can you just tell us a little bit more about how you use the metaphor of seasons for the
0: soul and and how that can be useful as a frame? Absolutely. This is uh, one of my favorite chapters because I started to see this in patterns in my own coaching practice and the four seasons or stages of your soul really manifested out of working with people over so many years and seeing these patterns. And then also with my own life, I was, when I started writing the book, I was going through what is considered winter or completion. And I love that you share your, you were in spring because what it, what I take you through, through this process is. Our souls have seasons the same way nature has seasons, and you can't expect summer to be in winter. I mean, it might be across the the world in another country, but where you're at, winter is designed to hibernate, to go inward. And so I was actually at a phase when I was having my anxiety attacks after I released Joy Seeker. I didn't recognize and know at the time until I started pulling out the seasons of your soul that I was in death, which is a part of you is being asked to release the completion phase, if you will. It's a going inward and letting go uh what is no longer serving you. And if you hold on, then you will be anxious. You will probably go into resistance and depression. And I was holding on to pieces of my business that weren't serving me anymore And it wasn't until I allowed myself to surrender. Key word for that is surrender. Once we do, we start opening up into what is called the development phase or what I like to call exploration. And that is spring. (laughs) And I can imagine, yeah, right where you are. Spring is a beautiful time because you start to see the light. You've made it through. You're starting to have more ideas come to you. It doesn't feel so dormant. It doesn't feel like the lack of motivation is, is still there. You get more excitement And then this leads you into what is called actualization or full-on rebirth, which is summer. Just think of summer. There's such beautiful opportunities. Summer is, you know, for example, Kate, it's like maybe development is, is writing or researching or pitching a book. And then actualization is like kind of getting out, getting that book out into the world and writing and sharing it. And then we go into a place of what is summer will turn to fall. This can be a little bit detrimental sometimes because we expect the good feelings and all the things we've worked for to last. But clarification is what fall is. It is when the trees you start to shed their leaves because it is getting ready for completion phase, which is winter. So it's a cycle. But recognizing that. Your soul is not aligned necessarily to nature. So if you're in winter, it doesn't mean you're going to be in winter. You could be in summer in your own life, but there's key questions we can ask. So real quick, if you are in the phase of kind of completion, you want to ask yourself so what areas of my life need adjustment or fine tuning And then you can ask yourself if you move into, actually, if you move into spring, which is all about new beginnings, what does the true me need and want? So Kate, that's a great question you can ask yourself right now. And then a journal question for maybe summer is how can I show up for myself in ways I never have? So it's really a nice process. I have a chart in there. And of course, questions you can ask yourself, but I've used this in my coaching practice for several years. And it's, it's breakthrough when we, we realize, oh, I'm in this phase and I can work with it and and go deeper into it and then step forward more gracefully.
1: I think I one wholeheartedly agree with all of that. And when we're coming back to this theme of in a pace, I think what having a metaphor or a model can do is just give us the sense of, of knowing. And with that comes a sense of reassurance, right? That is so calming. Like, Oh, I'm just in my wintering phase.
0: It sure did help me. And it also gave me permission to relax a little bit in the journey. I think sometimes we feel like if things aren't flowing, then we need to work harder and that's absolutely the opposite of what will help us feel more peace and ease. You know, our soul is taking time to rest, regroup, and and it's a nice process. I agree. Yeah. All right. I want to like jump to
1: some intermission questions just so we can be nosy about your life, Shannon. I love these. Yes, of course. <laughs> um, I, I'm just going to go all over the place with you because I've asked you the standard ones, but there's going to be new answers. So do you know what's on your, your side table by
0: your bed right now, Shannon? Yeah. So the name of the book actually, well, there's A Course in Miracles that is on the side of my side of my bed. Doesn't but, surprise me. <laughs> yes. But the name of the book is peace, love and healing by Michaela Cordio. And I actually talk about her in the book. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, and you just have two books on your bed, on your bedside table. Anything else?
0: Oh, yes. I told I also... you I can't visualize. You have to paint me a <laughs> yeah. full picture. I, I know no visualize. We'll, we'll tell you, I have about six, six books, maybe seven books right now. And another one is waking up in 5d. Another one that's very good. Yeah, I'm loving that one. And I've been reading it for about four years. (laughs) 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 Literally, I got it four years ago and I keep reading it. I either reread it or I look at the highlighted parts. Um, And then there's also a book uh, by, um, what is the name? It's Paul Selig wrote the book and it's his latest book, but I forget the name of it. If you were to just pull it up on Amazon, you'd be able to see it.
1: So out of interest, Shannon, do you read those books at night or are you more of a like tuck up during
0: the day or the morning kind of reader? I'm definitely a night reader, but what it usually, I'm always in between five or six books. If I'm not writing a book, usually when I'm writing, I'm kind of in that mindset, but this book uh, with return to you, I had all of those books collectively on, on kind of standby. I would open them up. A Course in Miracles is very heavily influenced because it's been a great guiding practice for me. So for me, I'm never reading one book from front page to the back. I'm picking up one book one night, reading maybe a couple pages, highlighting it. Oh, this book feels good over here and jump over to that. Sometimes, like if I'm on an airplane, now that's when I get my real reading done. You know, I'll read a book like front to back if I'm on vacation, but not when I'm home.
1: Yeah. Um, also thank you so much for persisting with a course of miracles because I have picked that up so many times and like, I just can't. So I really appreciate the fact that you digest the, uh, the messages and the nuggets in there
0: and make them usable for us. Thank you, Shannon. Uh, Yeah, you bet. Thank you. And I'll say that too. It took, I bought the book, I mean, maybe 10 years ago and it was collecting dust. And that's what I share in the book too. I went over there. And the very first passage I opened was, I can see peace instead of this. And I was going through kind of a panic moment that day. I was like, oh, the world's falling apart. I was doomsday scrolling, you know, (laughs) and I was like, I can't choose peace. And it became a digestible mantra and I'm a mantra girl. So, you know, it works when we work it. It's all part of the process, right? Love it.
1: All right. When was the last time? And I know it was your birthday last week. So maybe this was it because I was watching your stories. I'm now preempting the answer when was
0: the last time you had fun shannon uh-huh. well it was just about two days ago <laughs> <laughs> i say two days ago actually this is so much fun for me so like right now this is great and this morning i went for a nature walk with my dog that was so fun to start the day but two days ago i was literally at the beach celebrating with my mom and we had spa treatments and it was just so beautiful uh, wonderful time To just be in life, you know? It looked epically fun. I was like, oh my gosh, this looks so fun. It was so good to just like turn off the devices and the computer and just be, you know? So, but I would say fun is part, fun is joy to me. And I tap into that as much as I can. Okay. So, what is your favorite drink right now, Shannon? Mm, I admit, I think I'm actually going to admit out loud, I think I have a problem. I am obsessed with nitro cold brews.
1: I feel like it's kind of, you live in Oregon, right? So I'm like, it's kind of like probably like a mutual addiction of that whole area, if I'm correct.
0: I think so. Like, I don't know, but I'm up to like three lattes a day, like three cold brews a day. Now I'm making it at home. So I'm not like always driving to the store. I found a really good recipe, but cold brew is so good and it's just a ritual for me. So, you know. I love my coffee. I do. (laughs)
1: And water. (laughs) I do drink a lot of water. (laughs) I like it. She's like, don't worry. I'm washing it down with water. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Now where you're sitting, Shannon, what is fulfillment to you currently?
0: Hmm. Honestly, I'm really, I'm so in the moment now. And I think that's one of the gifts that return to you has given me. I used to always be racing or trying to get to the next thing or just frantic about how is this going to unfold or what can I do to make it work for me? And I've really adopted more of a mindfulness. I'm no longer chasing anything. And I am so fully aware that I am right where I need to be. I am exactly where I need to be. So fulfillment to me is not looking around the corner anymore (laughs) and um, just being so fully present with each moment with whatever comes up.
1: Oh, I love that. I do think that there is such a danger when you're trying to constantly obsess about the future, right? It does take us away from fulfillment. Final intermission question. And I know I've asked you this before, but how would you describe the soul?
0: Yes, the soul is our true essence and the soul is our spirit. It is our truth. It is birthed from love and it is within us. It's part of our higher self. I don't really have a definition for it, but to me, the soul is the part of us that is real. Oh, that works for me.
1: Mm-hmm. I do. You touched on the fact that you're a mantra girl, Shannon. And one of the things I loved about return to you is you have a whole section at the back, which is like, honestly, people it's free coaching. Um, <laughs> it's epic. You... um have all of the return to your journal prompts and there are 58 journal prompts people. Mm -hmm. And then you have your mantras and then you have prayers and meditations. I would love to know how you have used mantras, prayers, and meditations to help
0: facilitate your own growth. Yeah. In fact, I'm so We wrote the book actually, and I didn't have this in there. I just had it throughout the book. And as we went through the edits, it was so obvious that I needed to have this resource center in the back. And it's become kind of a guiding light for me to put all of the teaching in one spot. There were times through my journey, you know, before I started writing the book where I was falling into fear and the mind, you know, was kind of taking over. And I even start the book with a, a quote from Stephen Richards, which is our level of love, or our level of fear determines the state of our reality. And I recognized I was choosing fear a lot more, whether it was in the form of worry or you know fear of the future. I needed to shift and operate from a place of love, which is from our heart. It's a place of expansiveness. And one of the ways to do that was prayers or mantras. And I started to just kind of write them as I was navigating this new world, freedom from anxiety, if you will. And one of the prayers that came to me, I was looking out into the world and I was seeing so much contention. Like it was really hurting my heart. And, you know, we've been living through such a turbulent time and I was starting to see people on social media, like my way is right, or believe what I believe. And it was just a lot of ego really. And I just sat down and I started just writing down a couple words and it became the prayer for peace. And I wrote this and put it on my refrigerator. I started to repeat it. I posted on my Instagram quite a bit and I'll just share right now. It's, I detach, I detach from anything that seeks to separate anything that says us versus them, anything that says my way or the highway, anything that seeks to destroy, condemn, shame, or blame. Instead, I choose unity I choose kindness and compassion. I choose love for I am love. And I think just repeating those words, we start to soften a little bit. We start to really relax into a more natural state. So there's quite a few different prayers and uh, mantras, and they helped me tremendously.
1: Because I hear your mantras in my head now, and then I sometimes have <laughs> to remember that they're Shannon's mantras, not my own. I, I love that. Uh,
0: <laughs> because We're I also, all of us, we are all one.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> I also have your meditation tracks. How do you use prayers? Do you come back to a prayer, and then obviously that's probably more of a conscious. I'm gonna, you know, say a prayer right now. Whereas no, mantras, a- I feel like I've embodied your mantras. Now they're just there when I need them.
0: Yeah and that's exactly how I I kind of the word prayer gets a little convoluted with different religions and I think for me a prayer is a mantra that goes allows you to go deeper into tapping into more energy around you, if you will. So for me, I actually treat the prayers in the same way. For example, there was, I was going through this time where I was really judging myself. Um, Really, it was right when I started writing the book and I think I had, I can't remember exactly what was happening, but this judgment came over and I was like, whoa, where's this coming from? And I just sat down and it became four mantras that I repeated that turned into a prayer. And it was, I see my judgment. Okay. I see you. I recognize that this is an imbalance of my true self. That was, that was a mantra. And it's, I realign with love and I see all as the same. I stand firm in my truth. And so actually putting the mantras together became a prayer. So to me, it really is. It's about aligning to the moment and repeating them. And I too love the mantras. as I say them all the time.
1: I find them just really, really reassuring. I just that's what I love about a mantra is that it can instantaneously bring you peace when you bring yes. it to mind.
0: You know it's also uh back when I was depressed uh diagnosed with depression if you will back in 2009 mantras were the very first tool that really helped me. And, you know, as you've been coaching with me, that's the number one tool I bring in right away. It's this idea of retraining our brain to focus on what is real because fear is, is this thing that will take over our mind. But a mantra such as I am willing to see the love available to me in this moment, or I am willing to be present in the moment. Like the mantras is going, you can say whatever comes to your mind or repeat any of the mantras from the book or my mantra card duck it's one of these things where, like you said, it, it brings you back to the moment with peace and joy and grace. Your so mantra card deck. Can you just tell me about that for yes. a second, please? <laughs> In fact, well, I have an affirmation
1: mantra card deck. I was going to say,
0: can you maybe pull us one mantra deck or one one card that. to close yeah. us out? Oh my gosh, that would be so great. And holy crap, I just, I say holy crap because I started shuffling the card in this. I I have a jumper. This card jumped out of the deck. So I have a new deck that came out recently called Unshakable Inner Peace Oracle Cards. And it's kind of a sister companion, if you will. or the Return to You book, because the principles are the same in kind of parallel. The card that jumped out is an oracle card where I'm going to share the image and then tell you the message. Interesting enough, it's two people, two women holding hands in a field surrounded by crystals and behind them is a lake with mountains, almost looks like Lake Louise, Canada, this beautiful kind of Northwest, real high Rocky mountains. What you see is a full moon and they're surrounded by spring flowers. And the message here is your true tribe can't show up until you do. How can you show more of the real you? And this is interesting because this is a message I talk about in Joy Seeker, but also there's a whole chapter in return to you about being your true self and your purpose as personal expansion. So what this is really sharing is that the more you, you show, the more your life will flow. And there are people, the more you align with your true self, there are people out there who will resonate. And I will say that on this journey that I've been on over the past couple of years, returning to you is about being authentic to who you are and what you feel and what you believe. And I've started to share more openly about what is most important in my heart, how I see the world, what is important to me. And as I share that publicly, I think sometimes we hold our beliefs back because it's not aligned with what everyone thinks. And we worry about what other people think. But this card is really recognizing to anyone listening. The most beautiful thing has happened. I have you know, connected deeper by showing more of the real me, by putting more of the real me in this book, by putting my, my beliefs out there in a way that's not saying, Hey, you have to believe this, but Hey world, this is who I am. I want to know who you are. And that's what this card represents of all the cards in the card deck. This is show the real you, because there are people who want to be in your circle and find you and like mind and heart. And I have more of a supportive community than I ever have in honoring this part in this path.
1: That is so beautiful. And I can't help but build on the fact that I can't see pictures in my head. Yet (laughs) the picture you're painting is of two women holding hands and walking together with spring flowers. Um, Our whole conversation.
0: Oh my gosh, it's us. It's (laughs) us. and It's so beautiful. I know. And everyone listening, you're here with us in this beautiful picture as well. I love
1: it, love it so much. Shannon, it has been so wonderful to speak with you again today. And like I have already sent you messages privately to say, I just, the world is so ready for this book and I can't wait till it is out there and everyone can get their hands on it. When is it coming out? We can pre order it now, but it is next month, right? April?
0: Yeah, April 5th. It is out in the
1: world. Thank you so much, Shannon. As I have mentioned throughout, Shannon has been a crucial mentor in my corner on my own journey through all of this, and so I always appreciate having an opportunity to dive in deeper with her. Her new book, Return to You, 11 Spiritual Lessons for Unshakable Peace, lands in the world very soon, as you just heard her say. So please go grab a copy on Amazon. Pre-orders are so useful for authors. So go grab a copy sooner rather than later. Just soak up her wisdom because these really are principles that if you dive into will bring you in a peace. To find more about Shannon and her other books, you can visit her website at playwiththeworld.com. I'm sure Amazon will give you the other titles as well. To go along with the Return to You book, Shannon did mention that unshakable inner peace oracle card deck. It's a pretty amazing deck. So if you're into that not fluffy woo-woo stuff, then go get a copy of those as well. You will have heard me say, I feel like my soul is moving into a beautiful spring. And it's lovely to see that happening outside two so you can expect that we'll be back the week after next and there will be plenty more podcast episodes to come until next time beautiful people one if you found this useful please tell a friend two it would be great if you could leave us a review and positive ratings because that's really what all podcast people need but aside from that focus on thriving beautiful people Until we meet again, keep thriving.